from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest. That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Innsmouth BC. We hope to see you soon because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. Hey everyone, it's me, TV. Just reminding you, we have t-shirts in the shop. Just go to pgttcm.com, check out all of our cool t-shirts and stickers. Heck, we even got some shelf curtains in there. Keep clean, look cool, have cool stickers to put on stuff. Join us on Patreon, get a free sticker. Or don't, it's up to you. This episode is brought to you by Donner. Check out the show notes to find a good deal at Donner. Like the sound of this? This is the Donner Island Delay, and the really cool Donner LP that I've shown off on like Instagram. Check it out. I've uh, got some really good summer deals, and check out their snap deals as well. Use the link in the show notes to help support the show. Get yourself some cool musical instruments, maybe some patchwork. <laughs> spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here are your hosts, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher. Or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the Head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster Kid Radio. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Listeners, it is I, TV Spitz.
science pharma days here once again to talk to you about the cthulhu mythos its books its monsters its unfortunate human casualties its timeline in general and even its tangential bits like the dreamlands or things of a weird nature that are lovecraftian leaning once more we head into those dark woods, further feeling those malevolent forces upon us. Once again we walk down the lightless stone staircase in the middle of nowhere. You're listening to KZOM. Hey everyone, it's me, DB, and uh, this guy over here to my virtual right this week, uh, Farmer Dave. Dave, how's it going? We are well all right all right so uh uh how how's uh how's how's everything down in sandy this week or are you back well, this you week well we 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 just had the the uh, the closing ceremony okay of uh the goat olympics nice where basically everybody just let the goats run down you know the the main drag in uh sandy okay but uh so we had a we had of course the big competition sure the raisin eating yeah and our, so uh, you know we were basically up of course the powerhouse the the gold medal uh, and and they actually these goats actually won gold medals and then ate them yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is of course caprine biotechs mm-hmm. uh, they're those uh, great dane size super goats sure sure um, so they were the challenge um, and then, so I was, I had, I had a couple of my, my, uh, my hungriest goats, uh, hungry, hungry, uh, Henrietta Hippo <laughs> and, uh, and the, uh, endless stomach and they were going to go in, but you know, when I get up there and ready, I turned around and, and, and they're back in the truck <laughs> you know, they're back sitting in the Jeep and there who is sitting on my, you know, uh, the stand to uh, represent uh, Uncle Owen's uh, goat farm, because, you know, we're not represented by country, but by companies or farms, sure. it is two of my smallest goats. Mm-hmm. And, and that is uh, Sonia and Solomon. Okay. And those, you know, way back listening to uh, Radio Free Oleander and Dave's Underground Goat Shenanigan. Know that these goats are kind of special. Oh yeah. They they, they glow at night and mm-hmm. then they walk through walls. Yes. Um, and so all of a sudden, you know, it's just my two smallest goats there because they don't grow either. They they all look like they they're what about two years old now, but they look like yeah. six months old. Sure. But uh, Pinky, our local veterinarian, said they're they're healthy. So, mm-hmm. and they just start munching and munching and munching on these raisins and you know. Uh, I don't know where they're putting it away because it's about their body size. And then they just sort of stare at these big, giant, you know, I don't know what they do at Caprine Biotech, mm-hmm. but I swear that they're goats. They don't, they have shark teeth, which is surprisingly good at eating, eating raisins. Yeah. And then they just stare at it. And then... The, the, these big giant vicious goats you know the, 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 they have handlers like the the velociraptor handlers on uh, on Jurassic Park you know with mm-hmm. with big old taser staffs they just break off and then they they run away uh, and then my goats stop eating so uh, the gold medal goes to this year 
to the blood goats of oblivion but we did take the silver medal so uh, we're very proud that second second goat olympics in a row that we have the silver medal for olympic uh uh raisin eating yeah and we're not quite sure what happened to the the caprine goats uh caprine biotech goats but the citizens of sandy say that late at night now that they can hear under a full moon this the you know the wail of the sasquatch and it's replied by the the goat so we we do think that they are living with sasquatch now oh that's good that's good uh yeah probably take better care of them oh definitely definitely i did not uh bring up i i didn't want to ruin it for anyone uh last week who was listening to the podcast i didn't want to ruin the fact that oblivions was disqualified last week their blood goats were disqualified last week for uh apparently uh consuming performance enhancing drugs which uh oblivions is just like we always give our goats beer i mean this is how we get our goats ready for raisin eating contests and they're like nope that's performance enhancing drugs can't do that for goats and uh anyway uh you know but oblivions is like well we have to get the goats drunk they're carnivorous if they they're not going to eat raisins otherwise we have to trick them into uh, thinking that, is, that, it's, that, is true. that it's jerky. Blood goats do not normally eat raisins. No, no. Anyway, anyway, normally, uh, anyway, we're not going to go into that. So, yeah, uh, down at Oblivion's, the blood goats were there for karaoke. You could feed the blood goats a burger uh, for good luck for uh, everyone else. They, they like them extra raw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blood Goats, uh, you know, high school mascot and Oblivion's mascot. So, uh, hey, um, speaking of the high school, there is a large number of crows that have been amassing around the high school and around the graveyard. So that's, uh, oh, I'm, the mayor says not to call it a graveyard. It is a. Uh, funeral park i don't okay i don't know i i I, it's uh glorious resurrection funeral park is 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 the new spin uh (sighs) mayor pickman is trying to put out there so funeral park okay so yeah i i personally like uh memorial um but yeah okay yeah if yeah. he if he's going with funeral park he's going with funeral hey, park. He, he he paid for the new signage and uh said it wouldn't cost the pack taxpayers a dime so you know anyway so uh hey this week we are talking about henry armitage dr henry armitage and also talking about atlachna cha atlachna cha so you, you know, you know what type of dance uh, spider gods do? What's that? Alasna chachas. <laughs> For those of you who did not just turn off, we are continuing the show. Yes. So yeah, uh, we're going to be talking. And oh, uh, you've got an interview. Tell me about briefly uh, who we're going to be. Yeah. So um, I've known him for uh, quite a while, and Lace here. Uh, uh, Leif uh, Mimston, and he is a bartender, okay. but he is a bar- uh, bartender at several different gaming pubs, Ooh, okay. and these are places where you can go and basically check out 
games and you can rent games and play games and, and as the bartender you know one of his jobs is sort of recommend games uh-huh. um, and sort of maybe help uh, suggestions sure uh, so he's of course a, a big mythos fan and so he's going to talk a little bit about uh, mythos role-playing game or not role-playing game tabletop games cool and also um, maybe a couple of the other more popular uh, games out there very nice very nice well look forward to hearing that look forward to hearing that and uh yeah well and after that we'll have uh dave's corner of the podcast where you're going to talk about some henry armitage and i'll uh i'll i'll, I'll kick some ideas out there and then we'll have D on D where we will be talking about atlachna john how to use possibly atlachna john in your dungeons and dragons game all right We'll see you after the break, everyone. This episode is brought to you by California Tea House. California Tea House is a family-owned tea store where you can find some of the world's best loose-leaf tea and organic herbal tea blends. Like a fine wine, there is no comparison between fine loose-leaf and common broken-leaf tea bags. So, yeah, no, check them out. Check them out. They have quite a bit of pretty awesome tea collections. I'm a huge fan of their white teas. Uh, They have a tea club that you can join, but, you know, they've got green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong, that uh, robios and herbal tea. They've also got teaware. So check out California Tea House in the show notes. Thank you once again for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show and how to support our guests. And thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe. And remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know... Uh, submitting stuff. Actually, you don't have to be a patron to submit anything. That's how Dave got on the show, and that's how you can get on the show, too. It's the People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Back to the show. And today we've got a, an interview with someone I'm really excited to talk to, a, a good friend, but uh, Leif Molstem. And Leif here, or, or Leif, right? Yeah, that's it. We were joking about how I messed up everybody's last name. You really are a good <laughs> friend. We work together, and I messed up your first name. I'm, I'm just uh, zero for one today, aren't I? <laughs> it's fine. I'm used to it. So so you have a, a almost, I think a lot of people will think, almost a dream job you are a bartender at a a board playing themed pub uh and this is in fact the second one you've been a a bartender at correct (laughs) that's correct so what what exactly does all that um what what does that include so i think the 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 easiest way to describe it is um I love bartending. That's just a given. Uh, I know it's a little fast-paced job, but um, I especially love talking about board games. And um, what's always a nice uh, sort of change of pace from other jobs I've had, everyone here 
loves board games as well. So even if we're busy, if we're slow, we can we can chat about this and sort of yell at each other about stuff uh, from across the bar. Excellent. So this would be kind of a, a traditional bar, right? It's just that instead of like, say, a sports bar, you have like, you know, TV with a, a soccer game or a baseball game or something. You have like a, a wall of board games that people can basically check out and, and play, correct? Yeah, that's right. We have about six or 700 games to choose from, huge variety of stuff. Excellent. And, and do you find that, is it mainly, uh, is it like groups coming together or, or sort of couples? Or what, what type is your clientele or is it just all across? It's it's great. It is it is so diverse. It is you have families coming in. You have friends who uh, uh, are meeting up basically as safely as you can right now, uh, who haven't seen each other for like a year and a half. You have people playing uh, board games, people playing like legacy games, so they can actually come back and sit down and play this uh, either Pandemic Legacy or Gloomhaven or something like that. And um, you also have we have a whole room for miniatures. Uh, so you have Warhammer going on, all the different, uh, all the different Warhammer uh, games, Age of Sigmar, Kill Team, 40K. Um, you even have Warcry going on, which I didn't realize was still a thing, but it's uh, still very popular. And you have some smaller ones too, like uh, what is it, Age of Sail, which is really cool mm. to watch. Yeah, uh, Ralph, you may have heard Ralph the Rooster. He's a big Warhammer 40K fan. I so, can tell. So he approved. He he approved. What's what's uh, his what, team? Uh, he he likes uh, the Chaos Chicken Knights. Oh, okay, yeah, those guys are tough. He, it's custom. Yeah, their their finger looking good, huh? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so, um, so what what are you, what are some of the more popular games now? Um, let's see. I mean, obviously it changes. Um, what's exciting is, uh, our clientele will be, we do, we don't just have games to rent. We also have games to buy. Oh, okay. Um, so we have people coming in, getting really excited for something in the new section or something that they've been looking for, for a while, um, coming in and just laying it down. Uh, some of the more popular games I've been seeing, I've seen a lot of people play, uh, Spirit Island and, uh, mm. the, the, the newer, new ish expansion that came out. Um, which is a very solid game, nice cooperative game. Um, and, uh, of course when you have families, when you have a, uh, huge, uh, age and ability gap, uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah, you, you get a lot of Catan, Ticket to Ride, and, uh, it's really exciting to see people who maybe the, the extent of their experience with board games is Monopoly or something like that. And Part I don't think... Here. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think those games are, you know, bad, but I just like to see what, you know, sort of this idea of contemporary board gaming has expanded to. Taking it to a new level. Right, exactly. Now, you and I, we've had quite a few discussions in in the past, and and I know you're you're a big Lovecraft and Mythos fan, correct? Correct, yeah. So what are some, and I've noticed, and you can kind of jump in and maybe, maybe agree or disagree with me. Mm-hmm. I know there's obviously just a plethora of mythos-based games. And Absolutely. one of the reasons why I think there is, is A, it's public domain. <laughs> Certainly. In the and, same and, way and, that, that there's a lot of uh, Sherlock Holmes games. Exactly. And, and, and it's something that at least some people are aware of. 
And, and I think a lot of people are coming more in from the game, are, are coming to Lovecraft and the mythos through the games. Uh, so what are some of the popular mythos games out now? Um, so there's quite a few. Uh, Fantasy Flight kind of has the, uh, the 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 area secure with uh, Eldritch Horror. They unfortunately have stopped printing uh, new updates for uh, expansions for Eldritch Horror, oh, but it's yeah. still an incredibly popular game. Um, Arkham Horror Third Edition is really solid, uh, as is um, the Arkham Horror uh, Living Card Game LCG, uh, which I think is my favorite of uh if not lovecrafting games possibly board games in general um you also have uh, and oh, i'm going to say something i'm going to say a shout out to fantasy flight they have the most amazing art yeah they they um and i think what really drew me in is that the they uh it's really exciting to have you know i what, i would say my first board game that really started with like modern board gaming was Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, and it's really fun to see that they've carried on the same investigators. So, um, like, uh, one of my favorite investigators is Jenny Barnes, uh, who is, uh, she's kind of a, a British dilettante who's looking for her missing sister in America, um, and she is fast-talking and, um, you know, has her twin 45s throughout every game, and um always carries a flask and she's just it's really fun it's it's a it's a charming character with the uh living card game when you build your deck um at the beginning of the game and through the scenarios the the deck develops a personality based on what you pull and how you build it and um i've i've just always had such a fun time with hers uh if if you're familiar with the uh the podcast uh thrilling adventure hour um, it, it reminds me of a character from a series called Beyond Belief, um, which is which is just it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so they have they have a, a collection of of uh, art and information about the investigators called the Investigators of the Arkham Files, where um, there is a little short story for each of the, gosh, I don't know, thirty investigators they've had since two thousand five and have kind of expanded on. Um, which is really fun. And they all play a little different in all the games, but, you know, I kind of know which character I'm going to grab when I'm playing. Excellent. Excellent. And and it's sort of, you, you get sort of maybe attached, almost like, say, like your favorite character in a, a book or a, a movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and they are all very charming. You know, we've, we, uh, we had a, uh, uh, a tabletop RPG of uh, Savage Worlds that was uh, based on uh, the, the 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 mythos, and the guy who was uh, GMing the game pulled a bunch from the Arkham Files series. Oh, cool. So it was really, yeah, I got to play as sort of an updated, uh, you know, contemporary version of this of this character, and we got to meet other people along the way. And I I think I was the only one who was really familiar with them, so I was just really excited about it throughout the entire thing. Yeah. So. Uh, and this is just maybe a, a little aside. I, I'm going, but I was at uh, uh, the local Portland game store a mm -hmm. couple years ago, and, and they had this um, basically LGBT plus table for games, and Arkham Horror was there, and, and I pulled the guy aside. I go, you know, it's cool that you're doing this, but why is Lovecraft here? 
And he said that there were actually several characters to the game that, you know, were, you know, LGBT or LGBT. And uh, mm-hmm. I just uh, I thought just how cool it is that that, you know, we all, you know, Lovecraft wasn't maybe the most progressive human being understatement sure. of the year. But I just <laughs> how that they were able to to have characters like that integrated in the game. Sure. Um, I, I I definitely think it's uh, partially out of spite, which I am fully on board with. Um, I also think that um, because uh, Lovecraft and those who inspired him kind of set the framework, I think a lot of interesting stuff has come from, uh, you know, authors over the last 50 years who have been inspired in turn. And I think a lot of the characters you'll see in the Arkham Files are pulled from those as well. So like there may not be William P- uh, Pugmire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, it 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 uh, it obviously depends on the character, and you can kind of some of them are just kind of fun and silly, and were kind of uh, created as uh, as tropey as possible just to fill in a role. Um, one of the ones from the uh, original uh, second edition run was a an Indiana Jones. Uh, equivalent, but he's, you know, kind of overweight, kind of has a crummy mustache, and his name is Monterey Jack. Um, okay. He, he reminds me, he looks uh, a little bit like, uh, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Super Troopers, he looks a little bit like Farva. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's just a goofy character to play. He, he He's well-written, well-established, but I just, I, I he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb amongst the uh, stage magicians and and professional athletes that are in this series um, for one reason or another. Excellent. What are some other uh, games besides the the fine, uh, uh, Fantasy Flight ones that you would suggest? Um, I had a good time with, uh, recently I had a good time with uh, Cthulhu Death May Die by Simon Gaines. Mm. Um that was, uh, it's Eric Lang and uh, Rob Davio, who are like two big names in board gaming. Uh, Rob Davio is known for his legacy games. So he did Pandemic Legacy. He did Seafall, things like that, um, Risk Legacy. And he's done quite a quite a bit outside of that. Um, and Eric Lang has kind of, <laughs> he's, he's on, I'd say, most of my top 100 games. Uh, he's done some really exciting stuff as well. Um, and uh, they're both great guys. And it is uh, a bit of a departure for the Fantasy Flight games. It is much more narrative driven. You're pulling cards and you're reading, you know, a small paragraph about what's happening at, at, on your turn. Whereas uh, with Cthulhu, Death May Die, um, it's much more of a dice chucking game. You know, you're running through and and trying to shoot uh, cultists and and uh, fire vampires and all that um, and and trying to achieve, uh, you know, achieve a goal uh, to prevent uh, in the core game uh, Cthulhu or uh, he who must not be named. Uh, awesome. uh, yeah, from from uh, from summoning and uh, the way it's set up, um, much like how Rob Davio has a legacy game, which is when you have uh, you play a game and what happens in that game carries over to the next. You're kind of playing a. Uh, a um a campaign but you're putting stickers on the board you're permanently affecting the game uh what this does is you have six episodes you choose which episode you want to play they they do have you know it says labeled one through six but 
Um, you don't need to play them in order. There's not really a story outside of the individual scenario. And then you pick which Elder God you're up against. And both of those affect uh, what spawns where, how enemies react. So in the essentially in the core scenario, you have a uh, core game, you have 12 scenarios. And there are mm. expansions. Um, I, got, I have a Black Goat uh, Elder God as well. Um, and the minis, I mean, it's Simon. Simon uh, stands for cool mini or not. And their their miniatures are next level. I I am terrified to even put primer to it, much less begin painting. Yeah. Uh, but they're very beautiful. Um, that one's a little more silly. Um, with the fantasy flight games, they've also tended to uh, shy away from words like sanity or insanity, um, and have been focusing more on horror. It's the same mechanic. It's you know what your mind can uh, uh, comprehend. Uh, which I understand. And um, uh, Cthulhu Death May Die is still stuck on insanity, where uh, the more insane you go, the better your character becomes. You stop caring caring so much about um, injuries, but you level up skills, you move a little better. Um, this you're, one's much you're more... You're kind of on the edge. So that, you know... Yeah, yeah. But if you max out, you are removed from the game. Um. And uh, it's it's much more pulpy. It's it's uh, silly. Uh, it's a dice checking game, so there is strategy, but you are kind of, you know, rolling dice and praying, and at best mitigating the results. Um, in the scenario we played, uh, Cthulhu was summoned, but that's not the end of the game. We just shot him a bunch, and then we won. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, this one uh, is kind of famous for having a. Kickstarter. I mean, as I said, the, the minis are beautiful. If you did the full five hundred dollar Kickstarter or whatever, you got an almost two foot tall statue of this mini sculpt, um, and you can play with that if you want, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, it worked great with two players, which a lot of these uh, Arkham mm. Horror games do fine enough. But I think they do best at four or five. But Cthulhu Death May Die was. Uh, really fun at two. Um, it's as I said, it's pulpy. So you have characters like Rasputin or Lizzie Borden, or there's one that's just labeled the kid, who is this uh, you know young girl in a polka dot dress and can shoot fire. And um, it's really silly. It's it's a big production. I think it's one of the bigger board games I own. Um, and it certainly could have been made with just cardboard pieces, but. It, it wouldn't have had the same table presence. And, and yeah. I, it, yeah, it's, it's goofy, but it's fun. What other games might you suggest? Um, Lovecraft Letter. Um, I, I hadn't heard of that one. Lovecraft Letter is a lot of fun. It is um, story light. It's um, based on uh, Love Letter, uh, which is another oh, okay. really fun game. Uh Love Letter, you have uh, a small deck. I think it's, what, about 18, 20 cards. And you can play with six people. And what you do is you um, have a deck. Everyone has one card. And on their turn, they draw a card and play one of the two in their hand. Um, and it's a pretty quick game, uh, as is Lovecraft Letter. Lovecraft Letter adds a few more games. And it's a little bit more of uh, what I would jokingly call a gourmet experience. Um Love Letter comes, uh, there's many forms of it. There's, it normally comes with like a drawstring pouch 
and some tokens, and that's the game, and the and the cards, and that's the game. And uh, Lovecraft Letter uh, comes in this nice uh, faux velvet lined box. It comes with sleeves. It comes with these beautiful uh, uh, tarot uh, sized cards and these nice weighted poker chips. And um, it's a lot of fun. You have to win multiple times, so rounds can be pretty quick if you've if you've played a few games. Uh, rounds can be 30, 45 seconds. So it's a nice sort of filler uh, or maybe lunch break uh, game, but it's really easy to pick up and it's a lot of fun. And the art is also beautiful on that. Excellent. Now, one of my favorite all-time games is uh, Smash Up. Sure. And they they have a they have a, a Cthulhu expansion. Uh, have you had any experience with that or? I haven't played the I, I played Smash Up, but I haven't played the Cthulhu expansion. Um, but I, I have read through it a little bit. What is it called the the obligatory Cthulhu expansion? I think it was exactly yes. <laughs> and, and for those who have not played Smash Up, you're basically taking two um, evil organizations, say like uh, you know elves and zombies. You combine them, and you try to destroy the different places on the, the board or, or areas before everyone else does. And so it includes like Mesotonic University and I think cultists and fishmen. Uh, and, I, mm-hmm. and it adds sort of an insanity rule that I don't know if that game really needs, but it, it does add a lot of color. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, the big issue is um, the, you know, there's the game Flux, which is a very fun, uh, really yeah. simple to teach game. And there's the Cthulhu version. I eventually got rid of mine because it was each of the each of the uh, standalone sets kind of adds new mechanics and the mechanics for Cthulhu Flux just did not do it for me. It was so much to maintain in a game where the rules are constantly evolving. Um, yeah. Uh, although speaking of expansions like uh, Smash Up, we just played a game of Comet Blood on the Sand, which is a um, Boy, uh, really good dudes on a map game, sort of like Risk. Um, and uh, it had a Kickstarter recently for its new edition. And with that Kickstarter, they introduced, I am blanking on the name of the ex- expansion, but they uh, introduced uh, Cthulhu and Nyarlathotep as oh, cool. uh, players you can hire. Um, you know, when you have combat, if you lose, you have to take your characters off and you put them back in your pool. But in the expansion... Uh, you can sacrifice your characters, kind of remove them from the game to bring out these really powerful figures. And it has some really nice minis as well. Excellent. Yeah. So we're kind of running out of time, but we definitely, I would love to have you on again, maybe, uh, you know, hopefully before, but maybe too around the holidays, maybe you can make some suggestions for games to buy around the holidays, but hopefully have you on before. So last thing is... I'd love that. What... Lovecraft or not, what do you think? What's the what's the the hot new game? The hot new game. Oh boy. Um, so I think people are going to be talking about Comet a lot more. Uh, it was a reprint. It's a hard to find. Uh, it's hard to find the core game. Um, we also have, of course, Frosthaven coming out, um, which is the sequel to the uh, most successful uh, board game Kickstarter ever, mm. uh, Gloomhaven. Um, I think we're going to be seeing a lot about those two, specifically Frosthaven. Holy cow. Some of the stuff that's been coming out of that is really cool. 
Oh, excellent. Well, I will keep an eye open. And like I said, we definitely need to have you around the holidays, but we'll try to get you on the show uh, before then. Uh, anything else you'd like to leave us with? Uh, no, that's it. Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, everyone. It's me, DB. New sponsor on the show, Clary. Clary offers a great price and better quality goods and services for music lovers. Are you looking for good prices, free shipping, 100% quality guarantee? Clary's got you covered. Guitars, bass guitars, mandolins, they've got saxophones, trumpets, drums, they've got guitar cases, amplifiers, all the stuff that you need without having to break the bank. Inexpensive doesn't have to mean cheap. Check out the show notes to find more about Glary. 20 watt amplifiers for under $50. Hard cases for your electric guitar for under $80. Guitars themselves for under $90. Come on, folks, check out the show notes. Get a Glary. everyone we are back dave how's that break going that was a great break i mean I, I i've had breaks in my life but that was an amazing break i know i know i i learned new things i i fell in love and anyway so here we are with dave's corner of the podcast yes and and the thing with it being a corner uh-huh is that the time being and the hounds of Tanadalus can now get through them. But we sacrifice, we we sacrifice for you, the listener. That's why I don't mess around with time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So so we're talking about our man, Henry A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for... And as far as I know, at least in Lovecraftian Mm -hmm. stories, he only appears as a main character in one. And that's, of course, the Dunwich Horror. Yeah. For those of you who are not familiar with him, he is the head librarian of the fictitious Missatonic University, which has a very esoteric collection of occult books that were donated to it Uh, so he has more access to information than about the supernatural then and the Cthulhu mythos than say anyone has a right to still have sanity Mm -hmm. Uh, and we were discussing a little bit but I think that he's who Lovecraft would like to have been. Oh, yeah. And uh, didn't didn't he write about that in a letter to, uh, I believe, uh, August Derleth? Yes, that's correct. And uh, basically, he's smart, he's respected, he's educated, he has ac- unlimited access to books, mm-hmm. which right there, that's H.P. Lovecraft's you know, dream right there. Um, and 
he he also has sort of this he's one of the few people that sort of take on these mythos creatures if not head on he's enough that he can observe it yeah and, and survives with his sanity intact mm-hmm. now opposed to uh, the sort of I don't know if you want to call Wilbur Watley it's the antagonist mm-hmm. or I don't know he's not really uh, I would say he's more of an antagonist than a villain yeah uh, at least at least for the first half of the story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where he has a lot of other things that maybe Lovecraft did not saw in himself but at some level conscious or unconscious didn't like yeah uh, he is very mutinous he, he, he looks like a he looks like a, a goat you know mm-hmm. and, and I've seen statues of pictures that you know he kind of almost looks like a a satyr. I didn't quite get that from reading the book, yeah. but you know, Lovecraft has told his whole life uh, by his mom, "You are ugly," uh, and his mom isn't saying, like, "Oh, you're ugly." No, she said it is, "You are ugly, and that's too bad because the people of the world won't accept you because you're ugly, and it's their fault, not yours. But only your mother really understands and loves you because you're so ugly." Yeah. And, which is more damaging, I think, than, than just being called "you're ugly." Yeah. So, um, and he sort of denied this knowledge. Now we, um, and there's a lot of parallels, and maybe we're, I'm sure, orring some in, but Lovecraft really, really wanted to go to Brown University, which is what Misotonic is based on. Sure. Uh, and be a. Uh, Not to have physical copies of books laying around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Trail of Cthulhu, Gumshoe, Pelgrane Press. Check it out. Go to their site directly, you know. Um, yeah, Henry Armitage. Cool stuff. I mean, what kind of stuff should we cover if, if like, someone's, like, listening to this trying to learn something new about Henry Armitage? He's, he's, he's an old guy. Read, read everything you need to know about Henry Armitage. You read in the Dunwich Horror. Uh... There, there's some fun stuff with uh, Shoggoth on the Roof involving Henry Armitage and his 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 daughters. Uh, it's some pretty funny stuff. Uh, if if you haven't checked out Shoggoth on the Roof, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft Historical Society has audio files out there in some format that you can download, buy, purchase, whatever. And Shoggoth on the Roof, it's it's. I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. I used to play it at work and drive coworkers insane. They hated it. I thought it was funny to drive people insane, but also to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, anything else we can think of, Dave? Uh, that's just and and he, he like many good characters is he only appears in one story. Yeah. So yes, he is filled in the the blank some by. Uh, other writers, uh, oh, Fritz Lieber, Lynn Carter, mm-hmm. um, you know, they do use him, and definitely he's used in the role-playing things, but if you're going to use him in a game, or even a story, because he, you know, he is public, mm-hmm. uh, the main character, yeah. the fact that there is so much, we think we know so much about him, yeah. but we don't, we only know a little, and I think that's one of the best tools as a either a writer or, or a game master. Sure, sure. Uh, if, if, if I was going to be a hacky uh, 
DM, GM, Keeper of Arcane lore, how I would use Henry Armitage, I would base a game in, like, the, I don't know, uh, early, early, early turn of the century, 20th century, uh, the adventures of young Henry Armitage, uh, you know, like, maybe just, like, kind of spooky horror stuff that isn't even mythosy, and have, like, a Henry Armitage just like, well, I have access to these books, you see. And, you know, except for maybe uh, Boston it up a bit. Because uh, Henry Armitage did graduate from Miskatonic University. And uh, John Hopkins, I think, is where he did his doctorate at. I, I don't yes. have a Wikipedia in front of me right now. But, uh, yeah, no, no. And, and, you know, you can use those facts to build the world around you and have kind of like Scooby-Doo adventures or uh, <laughs> uh, gothic you know, uh, you know, gothic spooky tales and stuff like that. And then you can still have Henry Armitage be your, like, go-to, like, information guy. But, you know, it's a young Henry Armitage. He doesn't know everything and uh, might be wrong about some stuff and also doesn't know anything about the mythos yet. Possibly, possibly. Maybe he knows a little bit about ghouls uh, up on top of Sentinel Hill and whatnot or, uh, or, or I don't know. <laughs> well, well, yeah, a young Artemage would make a really interesting character, mm-hmm. and and because the times fit, uh, Cthulhu by gaslight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, so you're gonna do it Victor- Victorian setting. You know, he was gonna be much younger. Uh, so yeah, he's a great character to bring in um, as. Um, uh, uh, you know, a Victorian setting. Sure. And then, if you really want to freak your players out, kill them off. Ooh. And then it turns out this whole time, this person they thought was Henry Artovich mm-hmm. was an imposter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. And I was like, uh, you can always, like, mix up your pastiches. And if you're doing some sort of, like, Sherlocky Holmes, Jack the Ripper stuff, you could always have, like, young Henry Armitage on vacation or something like that. Or, or going to, like, various libraries in London looking for specific books at a young age or something like that. You know, or, to... or doing a semester in Oxford. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is investigating a meteorite like the one that fell in Arkham. Yes, which I guess that would be a little too early for Wold Newton meteorite, but you could have a, a Wold Newton type meteorite. I was thinking a study in color out of space, smashed together, study in scarlet, color out of space, throwing a young Henry Armitage. I should have shared yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so so the, I think I think he's got a lot more potentials. Sure. Especially if you're willing to give him, put some time into it. Oh yeah. And 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 go against type. Maybe you know, maybe you know, just like you know, in, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, young, uh, young, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, what was their mentor? I can't believe I didn't. I haven't watched the show. I know I'm not supposed to say that out loud, but I didn't uh, watch the show. That's okay. I can't believe I'm just forgetting words. Uh, Is it Jarvis? No, it's uh, Giles. Giles. I knew Giles, it was like a know, British J Yeah, he was this huge sort of punk, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe 
you know, maybe, um, maybe, uh, Artemidge was a, an anarchist. <laughs> or just a rough and tumble roustabout with a heavy, heavy, uh, Massachusetts accent. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, but, you know, you, you can do all kinds of stuff with, uh, with Henry Armitage, I think. Dr. Henry Armitage. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the adventures of Henry Armitage, uh, associate professor. <laughs> yes, I think I think he'd be a, a, an excellent NPC. You know, of course, we're talking about gaming now, but I guess in our next part, we're going to be talking about a, a spider god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so let's transfer to that part right now. Throw on this theme music right here. All right. Here we go. Hey, everyone. We're, we're talking about Alachna Cha and your game. Uh, I, I, I love talking about Alachna Cha. Uh, probably one of my first episodes, I talked about Alachna Cha. And the Dreamlands, not the Dreamlands, but uh, underneath Mount Vormith Address and uh, the anti-human sorcerer Hondor and Sathagwa, of course. And, I mean, I've been drawing pictures of Sathagwa and Lachnacha for t-shirts for some time. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I love Lachnacha. I like using Lachnacha in RPGs. Um, as a stand-in for any kind of, like, spider god, and definitely, like, any kind of, like, link from the physical world to the dreamlands, I like to use Atlachnacha. I can't remember where I even picked that up at, but, uh, if, if you're out there and you know, let me know. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, lives somewhere between, uh, the anti-human sorcerer, the necromancer that uh, Falabar Vu or I and can't remember the protagonist in the Seven Gius's name. Anyway, so you've got the sorcerer living above and Sathogwa living below and somewhere in between you've got Atlachnacha. Anyway, uh, yeah, Dave, how would you use Atlachnacha in your RPG? How well, here, here's the, the thing. Yeah. Is... It's one of those names that that people know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I heard that. Or you know, maybe like, oh, that's a Clark Ashton Smith. Mm-hmm. But um, at best of my knowledge, Lovecraft didn't use it. Maybe he did in the background. Uh, the Seven Gears was written, or at least published, in uh, 1934. Mm-hmm. So Lovecraft died four years later. So he was definitely writing, at least around that time. Yeah. I can't believe he didn't read it because, you know, he, 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 he loved uh, uh, Clark Ashton Smith. He loved Clark Ashton Smith's writing. And they were, so, but it's, so, so my point is, it's not this really well-known. The name is probably better known. And maybe they, oh, it's a spider guy. Yeah. So... It's not like, oh, Cthulhu. Well, it's going to have 400 hit points. Or, oh, it's Hostar again. Yeah. Or, you know, Narahotep is, is here. You know, didn't he come last week? So it's definitely 
something that you can throw at a, a group of players that they're aware of, but they may not have the details. And so when the human mind doesn't have the details, they start filling it in. And say, oh, it's a spider god. And so they're going to think things like loath and stuff. And then you can maybe just tweak it a little bit so it's not necessarily meeting the player's expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, one way that I like to use Adlachna Cha is uh, the most obvious way is people are missing in an urban environment or rural environment. Uh, if you start out with a rural environment, people have to travel more. If you start out in an urban environment, you can send people on fetch quests to like find information that lead to like a subway that leads to an underground area that leads to a cavern system. If you do it in a rural, you can still do the fetch quest things that leads to a cavern system, that leads to a deeper cavern system, that leads to the dreamlands, who knows. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one thing that I always do is like definitely have like the imagery of, you know, uh, maybe smaller things in uh, caught up in webs or uh, I don't know, uh, what do you call it, uh, encased in webbing, uh, you know, and then have, like, larger things, maybe up things up to the size of horses and stuff like that, hanging, you know, things that have wandered in, like, maybe livestock or people are missing, and you see something like cows in webbing, and then you're like, oh, but you don't see that for a while. The, the, the things that you're seeing, uh, the smaller things like birds and, like, smaller livestock and whatnot... Uh, you're, you're seeing that early on, and then maybe you realize, oh, this 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 isn't just one spider. And... Yeah, and, and you know, you could even go up to, you know, uh, it's, it's like under an elephant, you know, under a zoo, and it's an elephant or it's yeah. an India or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I definitely think, though, I would use it differently and say, at twenties in a modern Call of Cthulhu game, as a opposed to a fantasy D&D type game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole idea is, you know, Seven Gears is that he keeps getting different missions and sent around. Sure. So, it could be sort of the, he could be sort of the, the patron. Mm-hmm. The, the patron send these people out on a mission and they don't really know that, yeah, they're working for this terrible, horrible, hideous spider god until the end. Mm-hmm. You could also have like a uh, a group of cultist assassins yeah. that worship it, and you know they are have used special spider poison as their um, as their uh, their preferred way of killing. You know people are getting stabbed or or they're getting they're dying of the spider poison, but they're not being bit, so that means they've got to be eating it or drinking it. Mm-hmm. So you got to track down who the the cultist assassins are. This is how I like to use Atlachnacha. Atlachnacha doesn't care about humans. Atlachnacha cares about building its web. Atlachnacha cares about feeding its children, and its children are many. And you may not even be dealing with Atlachnacha in your game. You may just be dealing with one of the children of Atlachnacha, which is still a massive spider whose children 
are large spiders, whose children are medium-sized spiders, and all of them are kind of like a telepathic hive mind that are aware of everything. So if you have a bunch of spiders in your barn, if you have a bunch of spiders in your house, if you have a bunch of spiders in your city, if, if you know, the newscaster's like, oh, it's a hot one this year, and uh, on top of that, we've got uh, record spiders for some reason, everyone. Record spiders. That's weird, wild stuff. Blah, Johnny Carson. Uh, y you know, there's, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think about spider stuff a lot for my, like, urban games and my Call of Cthulhu and D&D &D stuff. And I don't think about Loth, and I don't think about the drow or the drow that often. I just generally have, like, the drow as, like, a subterranean race and don't really throw in the spider motifs, just kind of more of, like, the darker magic. Make it more like, uh, I don't know, prone to necromancy and psionics and that kind of stuff. But that's me. You know, and you know, everybody as a first level character, you know, the, somehow your first level, your, your, your DM's going to throw in either, you know, giant rats, giant toads, or giant spiders. Oh, yeah. So you kill all the giant spiders, yay, first yay. level. And then, you know, Alaska Chai, it doesn't forget. No. So, you know, that sixth level down the road, and all of a sudden, they're trying to kill why? Well, that's because you squashed its children, you know, <laughs> seven adventures ago. There's one I haven't thought of. That's a good one, Dave. That's a good one. Yeah, no, if you have a, a hive mind, yeah, the hive mind doesn't forget. Definitely, yeah. Uh, also, uh, I was thinking something I've used in the past for sure is Atlajnacha is a source of for webbing. And it's like, you know, you have some, like, grizzled old warrior who's like hey, you know what you want to know what the best armor is forget that dragon crap forget that troll skin whatever don't even bother with that crystal elven stuff spider webs my man spider webs best spider webs ah, you know it's an who knows maybe at is paying off some guy with like spider venom or something like that that he's addicted to or the guy's on the up and up and is like just as long as you don't kill any spiders and you're real polite and give them like an elk or something that's still alive, it'll let you harvest some of this, the webs, just just not the one on the thing that he's, she, it's building. You know, just like, and then like take your spider web pile to a, I don't know, a seamstress or something like that, a armor or something, some, someone special. To, 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 to a gnome gadgeteer. Exactly, someone who knows something that can turn your pile of spider webs into some sort of, I don't know, salve that you put over your armor, or new armor itself, weave into some, I don't know. Anyway, but spider web or, or armor. Or even, you know, <laughs> even the, the strongest rope, you know, in the dungeon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Just like, you know, it's spider web is a component. Uh, you know, spider web, you know, giant colossal spider web. Yeah, just, you know, just, just kind of like, instead of like, oh yeah, you gotta go attack the spider, it's like, oh no, you gotta be super nice to the spider, but, you know, just throw that convention on its ear. Yeah, no, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you can do with, uh, a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a spider god. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, there's definitely cults of the spider god that you can do, even though, like, I feel like Alachnacha doesn't care about people, uh, but doesn't have problems making deals with people. 
that that may lead to a definite like spider cult as you were talking about before that attacks with like spider uh, spider poison more, more. daggers or yeah or um, almost more servants than than cults yeah 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 and uh who knows like uh i don't know m- maybe use that in your uh uh conan game instead of uh uh servants of yig servants of atlachna cha and yeah no i agree i was that's what i was thinking you know you could you know just tired of you know using yig you know swap it out yeah yeah or, or, or if you have a Sathagwa-heavy game, uh, just remember, Sathagwa and Alashna Cha have kind of like a uh, symbiotic relationship. I don't know. Do they? I don't, I don't know if they do. <laughs> I don't even know if they're friends. I think just my drawings and my headcanon, I use Alashna Cha and Sathagwa together a lot just because the fact that like one of them is like an active, uh, you know, it's, it's like building a web that catches stuff and another one is just kind of like lays around waiting for food that's <laughs> maybe and, stuff and falls out of the web and <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe Sathogwa needs stuff to fall out of the web from time to time down to his area <laughs> maybe that's why Sathog was there to begin with <laughs> you know the, 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 there is a relationship that's too complex for human minds to understand exactly Anything else on uh, Elijah and John that you can think of there, Dave? I, I think we pretty well covered it. Me too. Me too. All right. Uh, any uh, any projects coming up? Any 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 conventions or anything we've got to talk about? Well, uh, so there's a few things coming up. I think we're going to hold off before we really talk about it until we got a little better oh, idea sure. what's happening Sounds in good. the real world with the, the Delta. Definitely. But uh, yeah, there's some definitely things coming up or uh, hopefully maybe some projects. And uh, yeah, that, I think we'll have more about it soon. Cool. Very cool. And I will be talking about in kind of the post errata part of the show, I will be talking about about uh, a Kickstarter that you can check out and help support. And yeah, uh, remember to check out the show notes. Our sponsors help pay the bills and I don't know, maybe I can eventually pay Dave. So (laughs) thank you everyone for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Find us everywhere that you find podcasts. And rate, review, subscribe, check the show notes for any questions you have. If you want to be on the show, if you have something that you want us to talk about or, you know, anything else. All right. Thank you again so much, everyone. Yes. And um, have a great week and do well. Yeah. Check out the show notes to find out how you can help out Green Goblin Press's Kickstarter Four, Terror of the October Nomicon. Kickstarter's still going on. Check the show notes for the link. All right, thank you again, everyone, for listening and all that good fun stuff. Edited and produced in Oleander, Oregon at the KZOM facilities. Thank you again. Music and edited by D.B. Spitzer, except for this part.
Do you like the TV series Tales from the Crypt? Are you interested in full episode and movie reviews from Tales from the Crypt? This podcast is for you. The Good Evening Kitties podcast, where I, Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, recap every episode with special guests and bonus horror movie reviews. The Good Evening Kitties podcast can be found on most podcast platforms. Check it out today.